Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Good morning, everybody. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Does anyone know what nationality uh, St. Patrick was? English. He was English, African American. <clears throat> this is the kind of people you are. <laughs> yeah, he was British. He was actually a missionary to Ireland. What I think is great is there is such a connection with him to Ireland that people just assume he's Irish uh, because he got so involved. But yeah, he was actually British. Um, anyway, happy St. Patrick's Day. I forgot my green. As I was walking out, I saw my grandson wearing green. I go, oh, I could go back and change. And I said, no. So, because you know, in school I would have, because I would have got punched, right, or, or pinched, depending on what school... They just pinched at your school? No, they punched at my school. Um, but anyway, I trust no one's going to hit me. Uh, today we're in chapter 11 or Essentials 11. There's one more week of this, and I hope you guys have enjoyed this. I know I've been challenged through this series, and I hope it's doing the same for you. And it's helping us to maybe see our role in our world a little bit differently. Uh, This morning, I'm going to be talking about the third place, playing bridge, porches and attached garages, wells and coffee shops. All right. Now, open up, if you have a copy of the scriptures, to Luke chapter 10. We're going to read from verses 1 through 12. Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 12. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. 
I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Let's pray. Lord, as we talk this morning about this scripture and this theme, I pray, God, that again, our hearts, our ears would be open, that we would lean into you and your will for our lives, that you'd give me clarity of speech and that you would give us a unity of heart, Father, to represent you well. Thank you for this time. We do lift up those who are in need here that we are aware of. We lift up Eileen's surgery, lift up my mom's cancer, lift up Ted's mom and the stroke and the recovery, uh, lift up Beth's mom or mother-in-law, uh, Denise's mom. Lord, all these people who are dear to us and struggling, we entrust to you and pray that we could surround them in whatever ways possible. But we are here this morning, Lord, to strengthen one another and to be strengthened. And we do ask your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. There are so many interesting things about this passage. One of the most interesting things that stands out to me is when Jesus sends them out, why can't they wear shoes? Right? Don't take sandals. Why can't you take sandals? And don't take a purse. Now it was a pouch that they would carry their money in. Why can't you take money? Can you take a debit card? What, what can you go with you? Why does he put them in a place of deficit when they are going to bring good news to people? And I think it's interesting that they go to these places and are in need from the place. That they're not there to tell them, I've got something to give you. They're going there and saying, can you give me something like a meal? It's mentioned a couple of times, go and eat whatever they give you, which isn't a problem for me, right? If you put something before me, I'm going to eat it pretty much anything. I'll try it. I really will. I mean, don't test me on something like, well, let's see if you'll eat this. But I've had snails. I've had all kinds of stuff, right? But they go with this understanding of we are going here and we actually need you to support us. But we are here to give you peace and present to you good news. The kingdom of God is near. And remember, near is not something futuristic that they're talking about. It's something that is close to them in proximity. It's something that is there just like they are at the door. That's the idea. And I think it's amazing that Jesus tells them to go in need. Because how many times do we get the sense... Maybe this has happened to you or maybe you've even done this where you go to someone as if you've got what they need and they better listen to you. And you see, there's a different attitude here. When you go and you don't even have shoes on, you have no money and you're dependent on someone, it changes your attitude and how you're presenting things to them. It's not a better than looking down upon. It is someone who is coming to give something, but also to receive something. And so that's one of the things I find interesting, but that's not what I'm going to talk about. 
Why did you then? Well, just because it's so interesting, right? What I really think is interesting is that the work that Jesus is accomplishing is happening out there. It wasn't come to the synagogue and hear Jesus. It was Jesus sending all these people, and he says there are 72 out there in the towns, in the streets, in the homes. And I think that that is something that's really important. What would happen if we didn't think of church as a place where we come on Sundays, but we saw it as a place that we go to throughout our weeks? Now, I'm glad you're here, right? I mean, I'm not trying to say you shouldn't come to church. We need to gather together. It's healthy for us. Hebrews tells us, chapter 10, verses 25, and let us, 24 and 25, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So we come here to be strengthened. We, we come here to gather so that we can then go. But the point of Christ having him in our lives is not to come to church but it is to go and to go with this attitude, this need, this dependency, which is what Paul tells us in Philippians. Look at others as more important than yourself instead of looking at people and down on people. Now, in the U.S., there really are three places generally that people interact with each other. It's kind of a cultural thing. One is at home, of course, where you go home and you interact with whoever's there in your family. The second is at work, when you go to work and you interact with the people there at work. But then the third place is some place that you go and you frequent because you like it. It might be a hobby. And it can be any number of places. It can be bowling alleys. It can be outdoor hiking. It can be fishing. It can be at a brewery. It can be at your kid's softball game or soccer game, whatever it is that they're playing, right? All these different places you go and you have connection. And we are so busy that usually we don't have a lot of other places unless you're single, And don't have a lot of commitments, right? Especially if you're single and living at home and aren't paying rent. Then you've got money to do other things, right? Otherwise, if you're not, then you can only go places that are inexpensive and that you can actually afford to go to. But these three different places are really where we have interaction with people. Now, for some people, the third place is church. Right? I go home, I go to work, and then I go to church. And there's nothing wrong with that, even as I mentioned, right? It's okay. But it's important to understand that church is more in here than it is out there, which is where Jesus sent these disciples. It was to go out 
of this place to the other people. And so this third place becomes something that is really important, especially in our culture. And there's some characteristics about the third place that I think are, are telling and why people like being a part of them. Number one is their neutral ground. People can come and go as they please. There's no time clock to punch in. The obligation is voluntary. I used to be a part of a softball team when I was younger and didn't fear sliding. Now if I slid, I wouldn't get up. It's like, just leave me here, you know. (laughs) Send an ambulance. But every Saturday, we would go play softball. And it was a great time we did it because we wanted to go. It was a part of our week. We brought the kids. The kids had interaction with all the other kids that were there. These places are places that are level. There are places where everyone is kind of on the same playing field. Now, one might be a better softball player than the other. He might have a nicer fishing pole than you do, but you're in the same boat. There isn't a boss mentality telling you what to do. It's kind of we're all just people enjoying whatever it is this place is about. Conversation is the main activity, right? You may be watching the game. You may be enjoying the scenery, but you're there with somebody to enjoy them as well as the place that you're at. It's not about the building. It's about the people. It's about that interaction. It's accessible and accommodating, right? These places are appealing to those who go there. It's the right scenery, the right food, the right drink. It has the atmosphere that they want to be at with other people. And so it's very accommodating. Oh, you might have to make a trek to get there, but it's no problem because you want to do it and you want to do it with these other people who want to do it, right? It might be bird watching. I still can't believe there's such a thing, right? But there is. There are people who have binoculars and shorts and hats and go out bird watching and they've got their binoculars and they're saying there's a, you know, whatever it is, yorbler, whatever, right? And to them, it's like exciting. There's a chicken, there's dinner, right? It's exciting. And they get to enjoy that with these people. There are regulars there. People who go there are known. They know the players on their team. They know the other parents there who are watching their kids play the game. Right? There are regulars there, and even when there's newcomers, they're comfortable. It's like the 80s sitcom Cheers. You want to go to a place where everybody knows your name. Norm, right? They, they all know who's there, and it's feeling like they belong there. They're regulars there. It, it's low profile. The place is not the focus. It's the interaction. It's not like, oh man, this place, it's all about the building. It's all about this place. Oh, you might enjoy the scenery if you're hiking, but really it's about the people. A couple of weeks ago, Corinne and I went with Daniel, uh, Courtney, and 
Alex to Trivia Night over at Mont, uh, Claremont Craft and Ale. And the scenery, it's just like a warehouse kind of a place, but it was the conversation. We didn't fare well this time around. We had, could have been better. I don't know. We came in like fifth place out of five teams. No, there was about eight teams. or No, actually, there was quite a few. There's about ten teams. We were somewhere in the middle. But it was all about the interaction. We had a great time. We talked with each other, and then we would hear the trivia questions. And the thing is, these people gather all the time for trivia night. And it becomes a regular. And you'll have 15 people on a team gathering for trivia, which is why they came ahead, because they had more brains in it, right? We only had about six or seven. Otherwise, I'm sure we could have won. I'm still holding on to it. The whole idea is the place isn't what it's about. It's the time with the people. Interaction, having a good time. And this happens every week. It happens whatever that regularity is. It's something that they're constantly going to. The mood is playful. You enjoy the food. You enjoy the music. You enjoy the drink. You enjoy the time with these people. It is all about this kind of relaxing, enjoying, and being a part of this It's a home away from home. It's a place where you can let your guard down. It encourages you to stay longer. You want to be a part of that. You feel like you belong and almost have a sense of ownership. Like, yeah, this is mine. You want to know about something? I can tell you. Oh, you want to know where the snack bar is? It's over here. You want to know where the restrooms are? Are they over here? You want to know what we're going to do next? Here's what's going to happen, right? There's a familiarity to it that becomes something important. Now, why is this important, right? Why are we talking at church about hobbies and fishing? Because the majority of people living in the United States are living lonely lives of isolation out there. And if we, as followers of Christ, just keep coming in here, then we are not accommodating what Christ wants us to do. We are not letting people see that the kingdom of God is near. Why was the kingdom of God near? They were there knocking on the door, bringing this news to them. And so it's important that we recognize this. I mean, there's some people like you who come to church, but the majority of people won't. And so instead of bringing people to church, why don't we meet people where they are? And this third space is the opportunity to do life closely with other people. To be involved with things that they enjoy and that we enjoy. It's not like you have to go and learn how to do some things like, well, I can't play softball, but I got to go be with some people. Please, if you can't play softball, don't join a team. They'll only hate you, right? 
Oh, here he is. He's up again, you know. Your own team will be going, easy out. You know, you, you don't do something you don't enjoy doing because the whole point is to enjoy life with these people and to bring life to these people at this place. And so that's really the point of this. There has been a steady decrease and social participation across the board in the United States from PTA to church attendance. Now, there was a time when things were different, right? The good old days. I mean, after World War II, there was a boom in card playing. And playing bridge was the biggest card game around. How many people play bridge or know how? Look at this. This used to be the thing. I can't believe nobody here knows how to play bridge. I don't know how to play bridge, but I'm just judging all of you for not knowing how to play bridge. By 1958, according to the most modest estimate, listen to this, 35 million Americans, nearly one-third of all adults played bridge. One-third of Americans used to play bridge. I think that's amazing. Millions, both men and women, belong to regular card clubs. In fact, it was something that they would meet regularly. In 1961, nearly one in every five adults was a member of a regular foursome. Mixed doubles, they would call them. One in every five would play bridge and dorms, student unions throughout the 60s and 70s. Hundreds of thousands of college students spent millions of nights in seemingly endless games of bridge. The main attraction of bridge and other card games was that it was highly social. The mixed doubles clubs were everywhere and were at the center of conversation where it was table talk. You would play, but you would talk and interact with one another. And think about that. It wasn't long ago, once a week, one-third of the families in the United States would spend the evening at another home of another family and play games and visit. Today, those games are played online and alone. It wasn't long ago there was this interaction taking place, but things have changed. Think about porches. Houses used to have porches. The porch would be the width of the house. The porch would be eight foot deep so that people could sit out there and they could interact with the people who were walking down the sidewalks. Now a lot of communities don't have sidewalks. It's so that they could interact with the people in their neighborhood. It was the public space between them and the private space inside of the house. Most new homes do not have porches. They have a little entryway. But no one hangs out in the front yard. In fact, it's the backyard that everybody hangs out and the walls are high. And it's secluded. And now there's attached garages that are electronic. So you can pull in from work, open the door, shut the door, go into your house and not have to see anybody. 
And everyone thinks, that's great. That's what I want, you know, because this interaction has been something that we are pushing away from. But it doesn't change the fact that within us is the need to connect to people. And so people are stepping out. It might not be in their neighborhood as much. It might be at the local third place where we'd go. We were created for community. And as followers of Christ, the idea that millions of lonely people are sitting at home should push us to connect in one way or another. And so if I go and talk to someone, maybe they're a friend at work or maybe it's someone I I meet somewhere and they're not going to come to church, maybe they like spoken word poetry and I can take them out to a place. Maybe they like coffee. Who doesn't like coffee, right? They should go and have a cup of coffee with them. Maybe they like, you know, beer and there's so many local breweries around that you could go to a local brewery and have time to talk and interact and play trivia. If you're good, see me. We can use one. But there's interaction that needs to take place and it's going to happen out there before usually it happens in here. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We need this interaction, otherwise we become dull. And so many people are living alone and their lives are becoming more and more secluded. And what is necessary is for someone to come to them to knock on their door, to pull them out of their seclusion and let them know the kingdom of God is near. It's close to you. And you don't have to go over there. We could go just about anywhere. You like to bowl? We could go bowling. You like to play cards? I don't know bridge, but I can play poker. I know fish. And this interaction needs to take place. And the most natural way and the easiest way is this third space. And this is important for us as followers of Jesus because we have come to a place many times where we relinquish our responsibility as followers of Jesus to the leadership to the pastors, to the people who are running things. Oh, they're going to do something, so that's their job. When it was all of their job and Christ sent them out and he sent them to where the people were. I've shared this before that so much of my life was in this Christian bubble where I just went to church and I lived at the church. I literally would spend seven days a week at the church. And there was an awakening for me when I realized I don't look anything like Jesus or his disciples in their action. Oh, I think I have all the right information. And even there, I was a little skewed, but I am not where Jesus and where his followers were, which was out there. 
And I had to do some soul searching and I had to change some habits and I had to actually make some friends that weren't in the church. I had to have that third place. And, and, you know, I don't know when this changed where I I used to love doing things outdoors. I, I used to love skiing. I wasn't a snowboarder, but I used to like skiing. I used to like all these outdoor things. I used to love playing sports. I used to love interacting. I wasn't an outgoing guy, but I liked being out. And now I find myself secluded and just stuck in a place. And I needed to break free. And maybe that's the case here. All right, we need to see and identify the third places in our settings. Where do people go and, and spend time together? Where do they go that is of interest to you? What do you like to do? And there's people there that you can do it with. The coffee houses, cafes, the breweries, the other hangouts. What are the things that you can be involved with? Now, some are typical places like these places, right? I mean, and then some are not so typical. Libraries, parks, farmer's markets, gyms. Right? Gym's not a typical place for me. I don't go to the gym regularly. Right? But maybe you do. Some of you people love the gym. I know some people, I know this one guy, man, he, he's always at the gym. And he knows everybody and everybody knows him. And that's his third place. And it's a place where he has natural conversation, natural interaction And he's able to help people see the kingdom of God is near. And I can talk to you right here. You don't have to go with me to church to hear good news. Good news is right here near you. The message isn't far. It is close. And then once we identify these places, how do we engage in them? We just finished lesson two on Thursday night talking about incarnation. How did God show up? He he showed up physically. He had a presence that was there. He he showed up with care and, and a concern. He showed up actually participating in. It wasn't distant. It was close. And that's our model, right? They, they used to meet at wells in this ancient time because that's where the water was. They would hang out there because they could get refreshed. Where are the wells near us? The coffee shops are one place, right? I mean, I, I go to some of the same coffee shops regularly and I see people there regularly. I know some people that that's their office. They just sit at that coffee shop and they do work on their laptop because they get free Wi-Fi and then they just keep going up and getting caffeinated, right? And that's their well. That's where they go to hang out just like they used to hang out in the wells of days of old. And sometimes what we need to do is create spaces. Maybe your home can be a place. It can be a third place. Maybe you can do Bunko. There's another game I've never played in my life, but I know it was a big deal one day. How many have played Bunko? Okay. All right. We got Bunko players. We don't have bridge players. All right. 
So maybe you could have a, a bunko match or whatever it's called, right? You can do bunko at your house. Maybe you can have people over in the neighborhood, friends, come over to your house and play Uno. I know Uno, right? You can do something. Have a movie night. Bringing people close. And thinking about ways we can do that. Maybe you can even start a new business. Maybe you can start a coffee shop. Maybe you can start a whatever it is. And as I was going through this, I was thinking, you know, this rings a lot true to what I've been wanting to do with finding a building. I, I don't want it to just be a place where people go to church. I want it to be a place that is where social interaction takes place. When we talked about the mall, we wanted to have the uh, adult education for children with special needs or adults with special needs. We wanted to do kind of an art group. We wanted to do a workspace and we wanted to do church and we wanted them to be all interacted. Why? Because life is interactive. It's not segregated. It's not separated. You don't have your church life, your work life, your home life, your third place life. You have life. And we want to live that life together and interact with all the people we interact with regularly, naturally, because that's how life is supposed to be. I don't want to sell you something. I don't want to sell you a gospel message. I want to talk to you where you're at, what's going on with you, and have a deep conversation and help you to see that God is close to you, God cares about you, God loves you, and Jesus is a living example of that love and the direction that God has for you. That's what I want to do, and so I want to do these things. And even as I'm putting this together, we are going to start doing some things at our building place that you're going to be invited to. There's going to be some art things that we do. There might be a class on how to DJ if you want to become a DJ or how to write if you want to learn writing or how to paint if you want to do painting. And we're going to be bringing different people in to use this space to promote community. And you guys are all going to be invited to, but more than that, you guys can invite people to that, right? Yesterday morning, we had our quarter notes that's made for parents and guardians of little children, like one to eight years of age, where Kelly helps them learn some music and we have story time and the kids have a great time. And we stayed and hung out and everyone was kind of talking for a good hour afterwards. It's a third place. It's a place where you could bring anybody and they will feel comfortable and be able to have good conversation. And you see, this is the point that we are supposed to, even as we talked about last week, bring in this spirit of hospitality. Hospitality meaning love of strangers. Strangers meaning people who we are not connected to, not necessarily people we don't know, just people we are not in good connection to. This is how, like a, a virus, the gospel spreads. Right? It, it, it's a good virus that connects only with interaction. And that's what we want to see take place. Remember at the very beginning when we started this series, Jesus said in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, 
God's spirit is on me. This is from the message translation. He's chosen me to preach the message of good news to the poor. Sent me to announce pardon to prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind. To set the burdened and battered free. To announce this is God's year to act. The reason Jesus sent people out was for this reason, to bring good news that God was near and he is about to act in your life. It's God calling. (laughs) Will you answer his call? (laughs) Are we doing this? This is a challenge for all of us to be present in the lives of the people we're around, to extend ourselves to these third places, to be involved with the lives. It might be at the PTA. It might be at knitting. It might be a card club. It might be whatever. But it's out there with them. And it matters because too many people have secluded themselves and are living lives of quiet desperation, waiting for someone to call them or knock on their door and invite them to be a part of something. Not to sell them something, not there to pressure them to do something, just to invite them out where people might get to know them, where they can feel welcome, where they can feel comfortable. And yeah, I want this to be that place as well. But before you bring them here, you might have to meet them out there. Let's pray. Lord, we desire to be like you and to be the disciples that you have shown us even in Scripture. And Lord, I know that I and I know many here have fears. We, we fear our time schedule. We already have such limited time and asking more time is difficult. We, we fear being vulnerable to people and, and people taking advantage of us and our time. We, we fear, Lord, so many things, not having the ability to adequately answer questions or or to have a deep engagement with people. But really, Lord, when you're sending us out without money in our pockets and without shoes on our feet, what you're doing is sending us with the right attitude. We're not here just to sell. We're not here to look down or answer all the questions. We are actually here to receive to pull from people the things that they have to give, to pull life out of them and bring them back into life, to help them get out of their home, out of their seclusion, out of their loneliness, and bring them into a place where they can see you more clearly, can hear your voice a little bit louder, and respond to the life that you are offering more easily. God, I pray you would help us to extend ourselves in whatever ways we can, 
It might be small. It might be once a month instead of once a week. It might be just for an hour or a few hours, Lord. Lord, it also might be stepping out big, starting a business that brings about community, opening our homes and inviting people in to be a part of something, a a space where they feel comfortable, have a voice, feel loved and cared for. Lord, if we are not helping people, Know that you love them. Know that you're near. Know that they are welcome into your presence. Then we are failing in some way. Help us, God, to step into these spaces. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. May you empty your pockets of any agenda. May you take your shoes off and go in need to the people around you because what they need is you bringing this message of life to them. God bless you guys. Have a tremendous week. Happy St. Patrick's Day. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.